most kids resent a dad who's constantly pushing them. Let's go. But not Rick Hoyt. We can do this. For years, Rick has been pushed, pulled, and carried by his dad, and he loves it. Here they come! That's because Rick, a wheelchair quadriplegic since birth, and his father, Dick, together have competed in over 65 marathons. So when you see Dick Hoyt pushing his son around, you're witnessing extraordinary devotion. Pass it on from the Foundation for a Better Life at values.com. Atlanta's number one radio stations, Swanky 93.3 and The Heat 94.6. Radio stations has you covered. From our studios to our newsroom at KLP Entertainment. Listen on all major audio platforms like Spotify, iHeartRadio, Audacity, Apple Podcast, Stitcher Podcast, Google Podcast, YouTube and more. A few words for a successful life. Always ask why. Why? Tell the truth. All the time. Why? Write thank you notes. Eat right, sleep right. And exercise. If you don't like your job, change it. Why? Be creative every day. Take a fun trip. You don't always have to do things fast. These motivating thoughts from Randy Pausch's last lecture remind each of us to live our dreams. And I go now, my dog wants to play. Oh yeah, play with your dog. And with your kids. Motivation. Pass it on from the Foundation for a Better Life at values.com. Live from our newsrooms brings back our hit news network, SNN, with many news anchors like Arthur Brooks, Addison Hayden, and Beatrix Gemma. Brings you stories about the news worldwide. Tune in on Atlanta's number one stations, Swanky 93.3 and The Heat 94.6 radio stations. To get the latest news today, listen on all major audio platforms like Spotify, iHeartRadio, Audacity, Apple Podcasts. Stitcher Podcast, Google Podcast, YouTube, and more. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our channel of KLP Entertainment. Reporting live from our newsroom, this is SNN. I'm Addison Hayden. Here's your business news breaking for April 20th. Fox News settled its suit, but similar 2020 election cases are pending. Another election technology company, Smartmatic, is suing news outlets, including Fox, over false claims of election fraud, and Dominion has other cases pending. On Tuesday, Fox News hastily agreed to pay $787.5 million to resolve a defamation suit filed by Dominion Voting Systems among the largest settlements ever in a defamation case, just hours after the jury for the trial was selected. In addition to the whopping financial settlement, Fox conceded that certain claims it had made about Dominion were false. In settling with Dominion, the network avoided the possible embarrassment of a trial that could have exposed its inner workings. Rupert Murdoch, the 92-year-old Fox News founder, and the Fox host Tucker Carlson were potential witnesses. Dominion sued the cable news network two years ago, after it aired stories falsely claiming that Dominion's voting machines were susceptible to hacking and had flipped votes to Joseph R. Biden Jr. That had been cast for Donald J. Trump, who was president. But the settlement with Dominion is not the only legal action that some news outlets are facing after making bogus claims about the 2020 elections. 
In 2021, the right-wing news outlet Newsmax formally apologized for spreading false allegations that an employee of Dominion had rigged voting machines. In a statement on its website, Newsmax said it had found no evidence that the Dominion employee, Eric Kuma, had manipulated voting machines in an effort to sabotage Mr. Trump's re-election bid. On behalf of Newsmax, we would like to apologize for any harm that our reporting of the allegations against DR. Kuma may have caused to DR. Kuma and his family, the statement said. Newsmax said in a statement on Thursday that it stood by its coverage and analysis of the 2020 election. Newsmax believes that the facts at issue in Dominion's case against it are materially different from those that may have driven Fox to settle and no conclusion about Newsmax should be drawn from that settlement, the statement said. Dominion also sued Mike Lindell, the chief executive of MyPillow, and an outspoken supporter of the former president, and two of Mr. Trump's lawyers, Sidney Powell and Rudy W. Giuliani, for their baseless claims about election fraud. In 2021, a federal judge refused to throw out the suits against them. And in October, the Supreme Court declined to consider Mr. Lindell's bid to fend off his suit. This month, he told the New York Times, I will never back down, ever, ever, ever. The lawsuits are ongoing. In 2021, Fox News was also sued by Smartmatic, which provided voting technology in Los Angeles County for the 2020 election. In its complaint, Smartmatic wrote, Fox joined the conspiracy to defame and disparage Smartmatic and its election technology and software, adding, the story led a mob to attack the U.S. Capitol. The suit, filed in New York State Supreme Court, seeks at least $2.7 billion in damages. In February, a New York appeals court denied Fox's request to dismiss the case, and a New York judge said last month that the case could proceed. A trial date has not been set. We will be ready to defend this case surrounding extremely newsworthy events when it goes to trial, likely in 2025, Fox News said in a statement on Wednesday. Smartmatic also brought defamation litigation against Newsmax, accusing it of spreading falsehoods about the company. Judge Eric M. Davis, who was also assigned to the Fox Dominion trial, will preside. In February, Newsmax lost its bid to end the litigation, and Judge Davis let the case move forward. Significant news from Italy now, Tottenham's managing director Fabio Paratici's appeal against his two-and-a-half-year ban has been rejected by Italian sports authorities. He took a leave of absence from his role at Spurs in March whilst appealing against the Italian FA charge and FIFA's decision to extend the scope of the ban worldwide. Well, in January, he was handed a 30-month ban as part of an investigation into alleged financial mismanagement at Juventus, he denies any wrongdoing. Well, at the same hearing, Juventus's 15 points penalty imposed after charges of false accounting has been suspended pending a new trial. That will move the club from 7th in Serie A up to 3rd, two points behind 2nd place Lazio. 
Well, Juve denied wrongdoing and appealed to Italy's higher sports court within the Italian Olympic Committee. So confirmation of the Serie A table, Juventus up to third, significantly they're back in the Champions League places. They've gone above Roma and they've pushed both Milan clubs down a place. When you think about Switzerland, what do you think of? You think of mountains and skiing, you think of luxury watches, beautiful chocolate, and banking. Banking is super important in Switzerland, both from a GDP and economy perspective, but also just as a national identity. People are actually proud of their banks, and a lot of people work in finance. Well, there's just historically a lot of expertise here when it comes to banking, particularly around banking for those who are rich. That went quite well up until it did. UBS buying Credit Suisse. This ends a 166-year run for Credit Suisse. It was a historic day and a day we hoped would not happen. UBS now, after takeover, has provided stability, but it creates a potentially bigger problem in the future. Swiss banking has built a reputation for reliability, stability, and discretion. Underpinning those attributes are two key policies, secrecy and neutrality. Secrecy was always a really big selling point for the industry, and it's part of what helped to attract so much money and grow so large. The neutral status of the country made it you know, a very reliable place for the rich people all over the world. All things being equal, Swiss banks would not have been able actually to compete with financial centers such as London or Paris that were really at the heart of huge industrial economies. But it did have one edge, the principle of secrecy that dated back to the early 18th century. So when at the start of the 20th century, other European nations started increasing their taxes, Swiss bankers sensed an opportunity. This is an ad published in La Revue Française in 1911 by the Cantonal Bank of Bern. It says that any deposits made by a foreigner who is not resident in Switzerland is actually exempt from paying all Swiss taxes. Plenty of other lenders followed a similar tack. In the years that followed, the two world wars meant that Switzerland's neutrality made it an even more appealing location to deposit your cash without anyone knowing about it. As Switzerland became more of a player on the international stage, one of the ways that banking developed was to take the status of the stability of the political system and the neutrality of the country to offer a safe haven for people. At the heart of it all are Credit Suisse and UBS, two banks headquartered just a few hundred yards apart in central Zurich. By the 1970s, global banking had started to change. With increased globalization came more opportunities, but also increased competition and scrutiny. Over time, people started to demand you know, higher returns. Money laundering became more of an issue in the 80s and the 90s. Terrorist financing became a really big issue in the early 2000s. A few major, if historical, scandals started not only to chip away at Switzerland's reputation around this time, but they also drew the attention of international regulatory authorities. As attention focused on Switzerland's banking secrecy in the 1980s, a new business model had begun to emerge. What if the banks could take the vast wealth they were tending for their clients 
and pair it with an investment bank that could direct the capital into exciting new opportunities, like initial public offerings and deal-making. Credit Suisse bought first Boston, and then later on Donaldson, Lufkin and Genrette, and uh, UBS bought Payne Weber. The combination of Payne Weber and UBS is a match made in heaven. That went quite well, up until it didn't, in about 2007. The banking sector bore the brunt of the collapse with shares in Europe's major banks tanking by as much as 9%. Major financial institutions have teetered on the edge of collapse, and some have failed. We've had a historic day on Wall Street Lehman Brothers, the 158-year-old firm, filed for Chapter 11 protection in U.S. Bankruptcy Court today. This is when the two banks' paths really diverge. UBS finds itself in crisis, along with the global financial world, and it has to take a state bailout. It decided, one, to seriously cut back pretty much everything it did in the sort of the bond trading, and two, there was a kind of, you know, a reset of the culture. It came out of that a much more humble, much reduced bend. While UBS was forced to change and take fewer risks, Credit Suisse was not. In fact, it made things worse. Risk control has obviously many, many facets, right? One is compliance. Yet at another level for the investment bank, it's about knowing your trading positions, right? Now, one thing they did, they fired a lot of people, senior people who were watching out for risky trading positions. And instead, they hired a lot of young people who probably did this job for the first time. And that later backfired. But at the same time, they're still living on that old reputation for stability and responsibility. What Swiss banks ended up kind of selling to investors, to their private clients, was this kind of this old idea of quality and safety and security that they'd also always kind of traded off of. And when things started to go wrong, when banks started to lose more money on behalf of their clients, that really undermines that sort of reputation for safety and soundness. SVB Bank closed, closed by the regulator. Stocks Europe 600 then being dragged down by the financial services sector, by the banking sector, down by 2.75%. Deal done. UBS will buy Credit Suisse for 3 billion Swiss francs. This is where the government came in with a lifeline of liquidity. He was speaking uh, very closely with key regulators, notably, or most importantly, the ones in the US and the UK, they were deeply involved. And you have seen today their support for the solution. Credit Suisse will no longer be an independent company. At the same time, this means a new beginning in huge opportunities ahead for the combined bank and for the Swiss financial center as a whole. While UBS might be a more trusted brand, a part of the rescue has some questioning whether Switzerland itself is a safe place to invest. This is Switzerland, bailing in the bondholders. Typically, bondholders take precedence over shareholders. That means the people who loaned the company cash get their money back before the people that own the business. What happened with Credit Suisse was that people who owned the company's shares received a total of about $3 billion far less than the company had been worth just days earlier, but a class of debt, known as additional tier 1 bonds, was completely wiped out to the tune of 17 billion dollars. They were asking, look, um, we are losing all our money now, why would we give you money in the future? 
And that was another big problem of this merger because it will make financing for Swiss banks when they want to lend uh, more expensive going forward. The deal brokers maintain that this was the best of a bunch of bad solutions. There's another reason why the new UBS megabank could be problematic for a small country like Switzerland. The Swiss state is hoping that by merging these two companies, you get a bit of the best of both worlds. So you get the expertise that's been developed at Credit Suisse and perhaps some of that more innovative stuff, but then also the stability and this sort of stoic culture that UBS has. UBS now, after the takeover, has provided stability straight away, but it creates a potentially bigger problem in the future. UBS's balance sheet is now twice the size of the Swiss economy. That's obviously massive. And it begs the question, if UBS were ever to run into trouble, could Switzerland afford to bail them out? In the last financial crisis, we talked about banks being too big to fail, meaning governments had to bail them out. The new expanded UBS represents a different risk, that the Swiss government just doesn't have enough money to bail it out. Thank you.